Banana. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking chocolate chip, but it's a banana chip. Yeah, I'll like just run down. Spirit. I don't know what kind of cookie it is. Well, I was, I had expectations. Give it a go. I'm surprised by something different. Was it a good surprise? Yeah. Okay. I actually enjoyed banana okay, bread. Good. I think that's a good one. You guys ready? Fresh. Here we go. Good evening. I'd like to call to order the April 4th, 2019 meeting of the Route County Planning Commission. Sarah, might you be available to call the roll? Steve Wernke. Yes. Brian Kelly. Yes. Andrew Benjamin. Here. Trevor Chair. Here. John Merrill. Uh, Bill Norris. Here. Carmen Fuller. Here. Peter Flintz. Here. Robert Marshall. Here. Jeff Pettis. Present. Greg Yeager. Here. We obviously have a quorum. A bit of housekeeping before we start. <clears throat> Number one, appreciate if all cell phones are turned off or silenced. Number two, there should be a sign-up sheet. Melinda, you got that already? Mm, no. Uh, maybe not. We'll get it to you. Okay. Thanks. Uh, number three, these proceedings are available to the public uh, to listen in on my phone. However, the only way that really works effectively is if we all use the microphone. So, in this particular instance, I'd ask the public if they're going to be addressing the commissioners to please use the lantern. Thank you. Uh, public comment. At this point in time, anyone who wishes to address the commissioners on any topic that is not on the agenda this evening, now would be the time to do so. The silence is deafening. We'll close that public comment portion. Approval of minutes of March 7th, 2019. Any comments, corrections, additions? Sarah, I have one. More of a question. Yeah. There's a reference made at the very end of the minutes that perhaps I think it was longer than suggested. Where are we? Seven, page seven, page eight? Page eight. Well, this is general more so, not specific. Okay. Dr. Monger had, I don't know if he made a request or if he merely suggested that the topic be tabled. My memory in the end is it was tabled, but I'm not seeing that resolved here. Well, or did it not? I don't think that there was ever an action taken. <laughs> so, I mean, there wasn't ever like a. We didn't do a motion? I know we didn't do a motion, but I thought I actually said we're moving forward with tabling. I don't think that this. you can have a tabling unless we have a motion. Even in a workshop? Well, that's. What's what are you tabling? You're just saying let's talk about it later? Huh? Let's call it the girl. Well, I'm not. Why would you do that? I mean, I'm not. It, it was essentially withdrawn from the. He didn't want to talk about it. It shut down. Shut down. No. Well, he used the word table. I mean, we leave it as it is. Just to me, I thought he actually developed a consensus that it was going to be table. 
but it seems how you're the official. Well, um, I think if I can listen if you want. But I, I normally wouldn't put that in as a table unless there was a motion to table and there was not. Okay. Then leave it alone. Any other comments, questions, considerations, concerns? <clears throat> Hearing none, might there be a motion? Mr. Chair. Mr. Commissioner Norris, thank you. Second. Mr. Kelly, right? Yes. All those in favor of the motion, please signify by saying yes. 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 Opposed say no. Chair votes yes. Motion is carried. Minutes are approved as submitted. Oh, and um, by the way, Steve, I did send the draft minutes of these to all the county commissioners, as well as to Tom and to Dan, and I didn't get any. Didn't hear any I'm leaving it alone. <coughs> There's no consent agenda issues. Items for consideration. Timbers Water and Sanitation District Wastewater Treatment Facility. Mr. Chairman, uh, I would like to make my typical disclosure that my wife is the staff planner on this project. And I have not discussed it or have any other information with any other commissioners and what was contained in the pack and feel I can sit and make an unbiased decision on this issue. Any other, anyone have a problem with that? Good. Thank you for the disclosure, Troy. Um, Melinda, do you have any comments to add and or present? No. Fine. I can answer any questions. Probably the answers. Chris, go. Um, Talk to us openly about this, because frankly, there's a part of me that wonders why we have this. Well, it's because of the state statute. So we have to go through um, the process for state statute. And I provided that within the report, which I know is a little confusing. And the fact uh, you just have to go through review. And if we did find something that was substantial, we would have to, you know, work around it or deal with it. For instance, we had to do this with the um, timber uh, treehouse water and sanitation district. And during the review, we found out that the property wasn't properly subdivided. Oh. So yeah, we had to go back and correct that um, situation. So there was something that came up with that water district. In this case, I didn't find anything like that. The only thing that I would like to point out, though, is that the water body next to it. And so it's usually they would need to come before in, in a water body application approved by Chad, which is an administrative permit. And he, in this case, it meets all of the review requirements to determine that the, the activity that they're doing is unavoidable. So we thought in order to proceed through this, because they are working on grants and other things to get finalized, and some of it is based on this decision, that uh, we could do that through the findings of facts so they wouldn't have another 21-day wait, I think is what the administrative permit is for that application. So that's placed under the findings of fact. And then there's just a couple of conditions of approval um, noted in that, in the, I believe it's the fourth page. 
of the staff report. So then you have uh, Melinda's explanation and also that Todd Carr, the building official, right. submitted the letter. And then the maps showing um, how it's going to be placed on the site. And then I did uh, was asked just before the meeting where this is located. And I never thought to include a location map other than what's included in this parcel. But it's up at the Timbers Village up on Lavadier's right. Pass. So if anybody doesn't know where that is, I'll be glad to describe um, where it's located. Do you know, I, is that pond man-made? I do not know. Do you know? It is. It is. So, does the water body setback actually apply there? It is a water body. The fact that it's man-made becomes irrelevant. I think the Corps has jurisdiction over within the state. Okay. So, at the risk of being somewhat abrupt, this is really a perfunctory action. I'm sort of really, other than it does in fact at least address the water that I stepped out. Correct. So for the county standpoint, that's a good thing. Right. It becomes a record so that we know it's right. up there and that they're going to end up the, the ponds that are existing, that they are going to be um, gradually reclaiming those in the pipelines that travel in that area will no longer be used and they're going to have to um, decommission those and right. um, they're, they're planning on doing that as soon as it is get all squared away and don't use the lagoons anymore. Um, any questions at this point in time? So does the, does the finding of fact three as written meet what you were discussing? Does it meet? I'm sorry. Is that enough to say it has been determined that activity is unavoidable and meets Section 5116A1? I hope I've covered the language correctly on that, yes. No questions for the petitioner and or staff at this point. Anyone from the public wish to address the commissioners on the petition? Seeing none, we'll close that. <coughs> Any discussion, commissioners, about what's in front of us? Hearing none, Chair will entertain a motion. Mr. Chair. Yes, Mr. Norris. <clears throat> move to approve the location extent request uh, with conditions for PL 19115. What findings of that? One through three as written and conditions of approval one. Two. Might there be a second to Mr. Norris's motion? Thank you, Brian. Any discussion on the motion as presented? Yes, Mr. Chair. Uh, finding fact number two related to the state statute. <clears throat> the statute describes a process. It's not really a fact. We're, we're going through the process right now. But isn't the process a fact? I don't think it belongs there. It won't change my vote in, a, in agreement to this, but I, I just don't think it belongs there. Uh, 
okay, I guess I might debate that with you. I mean, I'm reading the words of the application, which is the letter, serves as, meets the process. Well, here's my, my issue. You uh, said, told me you had retired. <laughs> B, <laughs> B doesn't apply because we're not, we're not disapproving anything. C doesn't apply because uh, we're not talking about anything uh, within the purview of the county commissioners. Um, uh, D doesn't apply because that relates to a failure to approve. E doesn't apply because that applies to our failure to act or acting within the prescribed time frame. So are you saying A is the only one that applies? I mean, the fact that we're having a meeting is evidence of it in and of itself. But Commissioner Pettis, let me ask you this question. Do you believe that having item two in there adversely impacts the findings? No. Good. Okay. I just don't think it belongs. Fine. Any other discussion in motion? Perfect. Um, I'll take it to a vote. All those in favor of uh, Mr. Norris's motion to approve petition PL 19-115 signify by saying yes. 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 Those opposed, please say no. Chair votes yes. Motion carries. We're done. Thank you very much. Thank you. <clears throat> didn't beat the record, but it was close. <laughs> Sorry? Thank it didn't you. beat the Thanks record, but it was close. Bam. Are you keeping track? Let me get out of here. We have one that we were done by 08 one night. I think that, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. <clears throat> but we're really not done. Are you going to follow up? Is it a chat on that? Exactly. What? I'll get out of the way. Silly. That discussion you just prompted. Because we'll see that again. It'll pop up again. Uh, Alan, are you doing the work session adoptions? I'm doing some of it. Join effort. Oh, nice. What's first on the packet? I think the first one is. Value add. Oh, no, signs. 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 Yeah. signs. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, so yeah, that's... Oh, uh, yeah. Are you ready for this one? Oh. Okay, so um, the works, this is a work session adoption hearing. We last discussed um, housekeeping amendments to the regulations on March 7th at the joint meeting. Um, at that time... Several amendments were proposed and a brief overview. An amendment to the value-added agriculture processing was discussed. Um, amendments to the definition of structure, as well as a, an amendment to fix a typo within the attorney opinion, and also to create a permit process with the standards for an occupied trailer. Um, all four of those items um, were agreed to move forward with adoption, and then you agreed to have more discussion on the sign code amendments that were proposed at that time. So, um, Alan will start with the sign code amendments as a further discussion, and then we can continue on what those proposed amendments are for adoption. So, staff 
feels that the proposed amendments to the sign code meet the or address the concerns that were and the issues that were raised at the joint hearing. And so I'm just going to go through what those proposed changes are and then we can uh, discuss if, if need be. So under applicability, there would there are currently three standards, A, B, and C. After further review, staff, the staff's opinion that C was not, uh, was not a standard that determined whether this code applies to a particular sign. It was more of a location standard, and so uh, the proposal is to remove that from the applicability section, and it gets added into the locational standards, which are the main reason that we, we had discussed this. Um, for, and then to clear, to clarify exemptions, it staffs stance that even though these lists of signs are exempt from a permit, the standards, the general standards contained in section 594 still apply. So uh, location, size, number, uh, height above grade, those kinds of things, although it's not specifically mentioned in that in the in the exemptions. And then there are some certain signs have certain other size restrictions. And so uh, we added the statement that basically says that the general standards apply to all exempt signs even though a permit's not required unless there are specific standards contained within the definition of each exempted sign. And then uh, I'm going to skip ranch sign. I'll come back to that. And then under the location standard, so the, the reason we brought this to your attention in the first place is that, that a C under applicability says that signs can be located in the right of way if they're approved by the road and bridge department. But then you come under, under general standards for location, it made no mention that signs were allowed to be in the right of way. So to clear up that conflict, I, we just basically moved that statement from applicability under into location. So uh, the location's standards Nothing changed with that. It just says unless uh, it said now it allows for a sign to be in the right of way if it's approved by road and bridge. And then the same statement that was under applicability stating that a sign can be removed out of the right of way at any time was just uh, included under this location standard. So, uh, Commissioner Pettis, you were making the, the argument that. Okay, so any sign should, if it's going to be located in the right of way, needs to get approval from Road and Bridge, which is now public work, so we're still trying to work through that that terminology. We think your concern is addressed because uh, even though a permit may not be required for any of those exempt signs, that statement saying the general standards apply and 
approval of road and bridge needs to be included if it's going to be in right of way in the right of way has been has been included so it's our opinion that that issue was addressed um, we kept the, the the term right-of-way and not the edge of the roadway. Uh, Commissioner Corrigan made it clear that he wanted to retain right-of-way instead of the edge of the roadway. And then under ranch signs, um, Sarah brought up a point about what if your property doesn't front onto a county road? Does that mean you don't get any signs? So, we added the language located on the same property or access easement in which the sign relates to, to address that concern. And so those are all the changes that are proposed. Uh, if you have any questions, I'll entertain them now. One, as you kind of written it for the general standards for unless approved by Route County Public Works, I would have liked to see the location where the unless approved by county works to be above that because where it is right now it's kind of showing that it's under the detached signs or you would have to add a second entry to number two for the attached signs. Just kind of how I see it as formatted in red it's only applicable to the detached signs of how I see it that I'm um, looking at. Okay, so attached signs are attached to a structure. Structures are required to be fit in the AF zone district 50 feet from the property line or 80 feet from the center line of the public roadway. So if it were attached to a structure, it would already, it would be that in, in, that in could make that requirement. That makes yeah. Sense. Okay. Well, that would be true of new structures, but not. Uh, structures that were in existence before and really old ones. True. True. So then the question is, is that a concern to us? The grandfathering, so to speak. We have an old barn that's all but in the right of way, which I think is Maybe what Craig is talking about. Or said even differently, do we have the expectation of going after those signs? And I mean, I, I definitely understand the the point that that you're trying to make. Um, that structure is there. I, this sign shouldn't create that much more of an encroachment than that structure already has onto the right-of-way or into the setback, so maybe a moot point, but I, I mean, I definitely understand where you're coming from on that. Just a uh, question on the lighting section. Do you have, the people come in with requests for LED lights and should they be addressed while you're making these changes? Talk about fluorescence and incandescence, but not LEDs. I just wonder if that's an issue or not. Um, you know, we have not been approached about really any kind of lighted sign. So, um, 
it may be it's that is some if if you wanted to include it we can certainly do the research to include it um we would just need to find out what those standards since fluorescent lights there's five watt maximum incandescent 25 watt maximum and then a standard for well, you could say yeah. something like for the equivalent LED standard, and then I would imagine there is a standard out there, and if we're going to make this change, I would rather it be a have a certain standard light, like these other lights do. So it's Probably certain like it's though, because um, twenty five watts of LED is going to be like incredibly bright compared to what you've got here. True. You know, you have chapter LED lights, they have luminescence or whatever they call it. Figures. Lumens? Yeah. yeah. Lumens. Okay. So is that something that you would like us to look into? Probably should. Okay. All right. Brian? Uh, just a question on uh, general standards number. Uh, it says no more than two sides per parcel. And I was wondering about some of the really large ranch holdings we have in the county where you're literally passing through the property for 15 or 20 minutes or half an hour if we <laughs> should apply the same standard because they've got thousands of acres. And you you forgot the last sign because it was so far behind you. Just the question. Isn't that exempt under ranch signs? Um, well, it says per parcel. That's the way it works. No, but farther off. Yeah, true. The actual and it and exempts the no trespassing signs. I saw all that, but you could have a large uh, ranch or parcel that conducts a number of different applications that might have signage. I'm just raising the question. I'm not arguing. I'm just saying it strikes me that somebody that has thousands of acres maybe should have more. You know, you don't want to see a sign every quarter mile, but if, if they front miles and miles of county road, and we've got a number of them in this county that are that large, should they have a different standard? And maybe the ranch standard covers it. They may have more than one parcel, though. They could. They could. Depends how they do it. But they sometimes they're all under one legal description, too. So I would, I mean... The, the goal of our sign code is to integrate signs into the rural landscape and in order to meet the, so I, I would just point you to the purpose is an objective section, uh, specifically A and C. And the whole goal is to prohibit the proliferation of signs in the county. So uh, I think it's, I think this was adopted with the idea that two signs per parcel would help limit the, the number of signs that are out there and clutter the, the landscape. Any other questions? Andy. I thought Brian made a point last time about sometimes roads don't fit in the right of way. Platted roads that we have aren't in the or not platted road roads that exist don't aren't are not in the platted right of ways. 
there are instances of that in the county, and I could have swore we had a brief discussion about that last time. It sounds like I got overruled by Commissioner Corrigan who's trying and to generate work for me. Yeah, that, and that's where I was basing that statement off of, was Commissioner Corrigan, he was adamant that, oh yes, we do have a right-of-way, and I would like, like for it to stay based on that right-of-way line. So someone could have a sign right off the roadway pavement or in the roadway when the road does not exist in the right-of-way, if it's 15 feet? Um, I think there would be an argument by Road and Bridge that they, they do have that property to uh, utilize for maintenance and snow storage, and therefore the sign wouldn't be there. I think that's a... Lawyer, what would you say if someone said brought this hypothetical case to Which is you? not so hypothetical. I know. Well, that's why yeah. I, I was reminded of Hans Peak. We were just looking at roadways that were nowhere near <laughs> the, the easements or the right-of-ways. By, by the way, and I think most of you know this, the, the county views this as if there's a platted right-of-way and the road isn't in there, they believe they have the platted right-of-way plus they have the location of where the road actually is. And a certain dimension off of that. That's like a taking. And then, without compensation. And then the uh, 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 private attorneys, I didn't finish that discussion, but the private attorneys would argue that there's case law that that traveled roadbed, if it's not in the platted right of way, that the public just has a right to the roadbed and the support structure, not a hypothetical 30 feet off the center line of the road. And I never got to that because Commissioner Corrigan shut me down. He, he, was, he was on roll. That he, was on he was on roll. And I just said whatever, you know. But that's that's how the statutes on the thing work. Uh, you know, it's a prescriptive easement, and then the private attorneys will argue that you've got that traveled surface, and maybe the borrowed ditch, but you don't have thirty feet off the center line. But not not the county attorney. He'll argue. I got both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, so. We can certainly, I did not look into that issue because reading through the minutes, Commissioner Corrigan was pretty adamant about that, right. so I didn't look into it, but I can certainly have the county attorney look into it and provide the, his opinion in the, case, in the case law on it. There you go. And we also have, as yeah. you probably know, we have state right-of-ways. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, we have state right-of-ways are under the same situation. Before staff spends any time pursuing that, Say that again. You, before you spend any time chasing what Brian's talking about, I think you need a vote by this planning commission to pursue it because I don't think everybody's going to support that. Yeah. Okay. It's one of those issues that when it surfaces, we'll deal with it. Okay. We'll deal with it, or the county will deal with it. But I don't think it serves any. I mean, it's, it's nice education. It's enough. We're done. Um, any other questions for staff? Are we these one by one or a group? I got a question. I'm sorry. Go. Can you give me an example of under on page three of 13 under G? What a temporary sign is for you, or for that provision, G? And if I could add to that question, can you talk about the difference between a temporary sign and a site sign? And a what? Site sign. Okay. C and G. So. When we made these changes a couple years ago, 
they were all based on the recent Supreme Court ruling saying that you cannot regulate a sign based on its content. So we struggled, staff struggled with how to take the current exemptions and rename those so that it wasn't focused on the content of the sign, but the, the use of the sign. And so all of the exemptions used to had a different name under the previous code. Site signs were real estate signs. Real estate, if we call it, continue to call it a real estate sign, that is based on the content of the sign. So according to the Supreme Court, that was not allowed. And then temporary signs, those were political signs. And again, same reason, the, the name was changed so that the sign was not, the, the, the name of the sign in the code was not related back to the content of the sign. So how, how would you, I'm thinking of a sign that's down in Yampa for the sale of a large ranch that I would guess is more than 12 square feet in size. <laughs> so what if that person said, well, okay, it's not a sight sign, it's a temporary sign. Then it can only be then up. I get 32 feet. Because then it can only be up for six months. Pardon? It can only be up for six months. Take it down for a day and put it back up? No, that would be six months. A temporary sign shall be displayed for a period of not more than 120 consecutive days and not more than 120 days in the aggregate of a 12 month period. Okay. But if they had a real estate sign that was larger than 12 square feet and they took it down after 120 days, that would be allowed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any other questions? How many complaints on signs do you have? <laughs> Um, I guess we, yeah, yeah. I think there was there was one on County Road 14, hay for sale, and then was there another one? I think one in Pleasant Valley for an indoor storage facility. But those are two. And the, the facts are minimal, huh? But the facts are minimal. Complaints. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'm probably overthinking it. But <laughs> so that's, all, that's all the complaints we have. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so back to my question: Are we doing these one by one or as a group now? What do you like? The amendments. The, the I would say one by one. Okay. So do you need motions then, one by one, so or consensus is fine. So since it's scheduled as work session adoption, if this is, um, if you want to do it one by one, it, you could do um, a recommendation. You're going to have to do a recommendation to Board of County Commissioners for the ones you wanted to move forward on. Mm -hmm. This item, the sign uh, code amendments, was something you wanted more discussion on. Based on what you've told us, are you comfortable with... Your proposed amendments to move this forward to Board of County Commissioners with your recommendations without seeing it again? I'm still hooked on temporary signs. Okay. We're not done discussing yet. Well, I appreciate the insight as to what, how it got generated. Uh huh. And I guess I'm 
wondering if Planning Commission feels that a temporary sign should be 32 square feet. And I'm wondering if there isn't a different size or dimension that would be more acceptable to the traveling public in Route County. So I guess just to put it in perspective, a four, four by eight, eight four by eight, yeah, piece of plywood, right? Which the one Peter's referring to is at least two, two four pieces of plywood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a big ranch. It is. I mean, that's <laughs> the big There you go. They should the more land more is an equivalent bigger. to your square inches allowed. It's, allow it's, sure. it's intensity of use. Intensity of use. I would like to offer, if there's any support, to shrink the size of a temporary sign from 32 square feet to half that. Four by sixteen. Sixteen square feet. That'd be a four by. Are you doing this because it's purely or exclusively political? Stuff? <laughs> I wouldn't do that. No. <laughs> I just think that it's better for the visual qualities of Rock County to not do this. Would be not that it's going to happen anymore because I think this one kills right here. Yeah. I'd say it's a six it's, by um, thirty. Weren't there temporary signs for like the air show? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. But it's not like New yeah. I mean, if there were, they might have been in the city. Yeah. I was actually thinking they were like um, the signboards, but they might have been in the city, so it's irrelevant. Okay. Comments on Troy's suggestion of cutting them in half. And does that violate? Anything that we know of? No, it's somewhat arbitrary to us. Not that I know of. No. As long as Troy's I'll be more. I'd be more candid <laughs> about it. I have problem. I have a problem with a thirty-two foot, thirty-two square foot. Mm. Yeah. What's the size of the banners that go across forty and seventy foot? Well, that's not mm. Yeah. And that's 10, 20, 30, 40 plus a travel lane. they got to be 50 feet wide going across. <laughs> well, there's going to be three of them. I mean, the 32 True. square feet that exists now in the regulations, um, I would say is a pretty common size we have seen for um, political <coughs> signs in the county. Um, I think that we have seen much larger than that um, those banner style signs. <coughs> Which definitely were more than 32 square feet, to put it into perspective. So the, a piece of plywood is is what's allowed now. I mean, I get that it's temporary and, and that kind of stuff, but it it was kind of in your face, I guess, when you drove county roads last fall, and I just. Do you have the chance to change it? Why not? To me, I would think that the 4x4 four four would be just hardly noticeable, though. I mean, when you think of how fast you're going through on um, some like 129 or something like that, you're you just only going 40 miles an hour. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> That's 45, true, especially 45, 45. Yeah, 
But to me, I, I would say that would be way too small that you wouldn't even, it would be so insignificant at that point that it, it wouldn't even do much justice to even have a sign there. So, Which is maybe the best solution. Well, it would be nice not to, we you could, know. We could, as another option, just eliminate the ability to have a temporary sign. Take it out. What about for things like the chili cook-off and stuff like that? I can't hear you. What about like stuff like the chili cook-off or event signs? Easter egg hunt, chili cook-off, charter school, fundraising, blah, blah, yeah. Cow dog event at the ranch on 131. Balloon rodeo. But they can get a permit. <clears throat> I mean, they can absolutely come in and get a, a permit mm -hmm. for any of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you couldn't do it, you just have to come in and get a permit. Mm -hmm. But don't you think it will be getting over-regulated if we do it smaller? They already said of examples and different things like that already that well, we know Well, some of the examples you were um, just speaking about that you have seen that you thought were in your face. Do you think those ones were larger than 32 square feet, or do you think they were the size of a piece of plywood? They're probably That's larger. I, I, I think I would agree with you. They were probably larger if you actually went through the Yeah. Tables. I think eliminating would be a First Amendment violation. It would be. So eliminating... Well, wait a minute. You're not trying to tell me that just because there's a First Amendment, you have to put signs everywhere? No, but you... you the I think this county has the ability to regulate where signs go. The government... They, where? But the government can't regulate... First Amendment issues relating to time, place, and speech. Yeah, but I'm not. Well, as you say, they can't have political signs. I didn't say that. Temporary. It's a temporary sign, by definition. And all I'm talking about is the size of it. I don't care what it is. <coughs> well, one suggestion you had was removing it altogether. Yes. And that, I think, would be a problem. The size is another question. I don't really care about the size. So, one way or the other. What are the what are the most famous signs in this county and the adjacent counties? Uh, yeah, but they're so grandfathered. Yeah. But those are grandfathered. Yeah, but they're not. Most of them, I don't think they exceed thirty-two square yeah, feet. Yeah, a, a lot of them are small. So you certainly don't need more than thirty-two square feet uh, to yell at the traveling public. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, 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 you just need to yell. It's a smaller bullet target. Yeah. Well, no, I think it's a good discussion. I don't think you're wasting time. Well, I don't think it's a waste of time either, but let's move on. Well, let's just poll where you're at. Yeah. yeah. As it stands. As it stands. Agreed. But I think they're fine as it is, but I'm... Brian? Uh, it's fine. I'm fouled. Four by eight. It's fine. Oh, it's smaller. Four by eight. 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 Four by eight it is. We're done. Not changing. Boom. <laughs> Okay, so I guess one last question before we move on. Do y'all want to see this again, or is this... No, I think we're done. Okay. If you're okay to recommend okay. putting this on with cool. the other amendments, if you choose to do yeah. that. Okay. Is there, is there a cost associated with the permit? A uh, hundred dollars. Hmm. Annually? No, just no. once. No annual fee. Okay, next, please. We were going to see it again, but you were going to do some 
research on the LED lights and things like that? We, we can do that. Yeah, uh, future yeah so I guess update. it's not ready for... I guess well, it's not ready for... Well, I mean, if they were comfortable with adding another uh, standard, you know, based on what the direction you gave us, the equivalence the equivalent to yeah, an LED, LED, if you're comfortable with that's that. That's how bright the lights are. Okay. So is everybody so comfortable with... Uh, just saying, it's a lot. Trust, nice. trusting yeah. staff. <laughs> to the one that you okay, I'll talk. All right. Okay, thank you. All right. They're so, value-added agricultural processing for poultry. So, I was a little unclear as to the grown-on-site requirement that we that most of the discussion revolved around. Um, the, the law says that chickens processed under this must be raised on the producer's own farm. And I spoke with the person who's in charge of this at CDPHE, and they stated that it does not have to be raised on the site that they're processed on. Because if somebody leases another parcel of land to raise their chickens on, or doesn't occupy the land that it's raised on, that's not a concern for them. They just want to make sure that the, the poultry that's processed underneath this exemption are the producer's own. And it wasn't raised by somebody else, bought by the processor, and then, and then processed. So with that clarification, staff's opinion is that uh, the regulations really didn't need to change all that much to to address that concern. So, um, so the only changes that are proposed are to in the in the chart actually listing the the, the range of number of animals that are birds that would fall into an administrative conditional or special use permit and then adding those statements correspondingly into the into the written definition um, changing the word facility to operation because uh, some of these processors do it don't do it in a facility they do it open air so there might not be an actual structure involved so uh, staff felt that operation was more appropriate than facility and then under the standards in 8.25 adding the standard that all poultry process must be raised by the producer wasn't there an inconsistency but you, I think you fixed it that night, I guess. In the number of birds per so category? So originally, under number of birds, it was, it just said 250 for small, 500, or no, it was 100 for small, 250 for medium, and 500 for large. Oh, and yeah. there was some confusion as to what those numbers meant. So... I went back and actually created a range of the number of birds so that it was clear that if you process up to 250, that you would be a small 
small operation, 250 <coughs> to 500 medium, and large, 500 to 1,000. So, Alan, in that vein, somebody comes to you and says, hey, I want to do some value-added processing on my site. Uh, you say, okay, how many birds are you going to have? And they say 500. How do you know whether to make it a medium conditional use permit or a large special use permit? So I would say this would be 251. Thank you. 251, 251, 501, 501. Does that address it? It does. Um, stylistic. I, I like to read small to big. <laughs> and here you've got more than 35, and then it goes more to less as we go up <laughs> in, in quantity. I would like to see them switched. I don't know if anybody else is as passionate about that as I am. But you may be the only one. Okay. <laughs> I do have a related question to that out of curiosity. Um, you know, you look down those two columns that are out of order, um, that everything's identical except for the square footage of the facility. And yet you're processing potentially the same number of birds, and so that's a little bit of a head-scratcher, too. Wait, say that again? Well, if you look down the medium conditional use, more than 35, less than 35, mm -hmm. and you look down the two columns, everything is identical except for facility size. Mm -hmm. If you have less than 35, you can process as many birds as something that's more than 35 with far less square footage. And it, it just strikes me, if you need square footage to process so many birds, the size of the property is almost irrelevant. You just need that many, much square footage. And I don't know, I'm the chicken expert is two seats to the west. So. I am not the chicken expert, man. I did simple math. Yeah, but that, that strikes me, you know, the rest of it sort of makes sense. You got, you know, small administrative permit, 1,200 square feet or less, or, you're processing up to a thousand birds with, you know, twelve out of one to, you know, four thousand square feet. But you've got identical criteria, but noticeably different square footage on the processing facility. Yeah, you're correct about that. Yeah, and I don't know if there's a factory in there, but it strikes me you need so much square footage to process birds. So, I, I guess the, the route that staff was taking was that the, whether that the number of birds mattered more than, than, those, than, those, other, than those other lines. When it, kind, when it came to, to processing of poultry. And so, I did struggle with with adding the words actually into the the words of the definition because they're each one of the the standards to determine whether you're small medium or large were followed by an and or an and or and so adding it into small was easy because everything you had to meet all three of those plus this less than 250 in order to be considered a small 
if you were going to be if you were going to be processing more than 500 birds, then you were automatically going to be a large operation. And then, so it was kind of a struggle with does 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 it need to be an and or does it need to be an and or for a medium processing facility or operation and I came back to the fact that we were basing it on the number of birds if it was less than 250 small 250 to 500 medium 500 to a thousand large that's less than 25 because uh, and another thing this relates these regulations do not relate specifically to processing of poultry. It also relates to the manufacturing of herbal products, food products, woolen products, cheese, anything that's associated with value-added agriculture. So we were just trying to fit the processing of poultry into the existing regulations that allow for the processing of any type of agricultural product just to make it uh, easier and to not add a whole another line item to the to the use chart and additional standards and more definitions. Well, given the nature of the permits, they're going to end up in front of us anyway, right? Yep. So we'll have an opportunity. Well, not the small ones. Right, but those really aren't the main concern, right? Correct. So I think give it a go. Like, let's see. Let's sure, get I'm it and. We'll figure out the pitfalls when we run into it. And the only other thing you could consider is do a better job of defining facility size. I mean, I don't, you're pretty good about it. it there's a note in here that says it doesn't include retail. If I'm thinking right? Uh, no. So actually, underneath uh, value added ag, uh, E, sales of product on site is allowed. Correct. But there was a limitation on, in addition to the processing area, and I think that's what everybody's trying to figure out. What does that really mean? Well, so again, this is for like if you're making jams and jellies or, or cheese or cheese or no. crackers, yep, candles, that kind of thing. No. I'm, I'm confused about the vehicle trips per day. Usually when we um, talk about permits, we're trying to keep a lid on the excess traffic. Uh -huh. um, but for the large special use, you talk about more than 50. <clears throat> and so, that's one of the reasons why it would be a special use permit, not a conditional use permit. So so there's no limit on that? It could be any number of vehicles per day? Uh, no, that's just a way to define how we're going to process it. If they come in and say we're going to have 100, 150 vehicle trips per day, then planning commission or the board, planning commission make a recommendation to the board to say this is not appropriate on this site and we're going to de recommend denial. Of this it kicks it into that category. This, ju this just shows not what, not what is allowed but how staff is going to process the application. I, I don't think it's going to be a problem anyway because if you've got 
a thousand birds and 50 vehicle trips per day. They're sold out in 20 days. <laughs> but remember, this is not exclusive to chickens. Butter. There you go. Yeah. Any other questions? No confusion. And then is the consensus of the commissioners that they would recommend these changes to the board? Yes. I have one other question. What about the, the waste that's generated by any slaughtering? So that will be evaluated during the review process. Or the review. Okay. So are you on board, Peter? Yeah. Oh, sure. Roberta, you good? Okay. Uh, the next item had to do with um, a discussion on our structure definition and what elements um, that were appropriate and that you were comfortable seeing to be able to be built within the setback. Um, the definition um, allows for certain um, certain items to be exempted as considered a structure. And what we had proposed was paver patios or on-grade patio. I apologize, decking wasn't supposed to be included in there, but we can always talk about that if you wanted to. But um, the point was that it was on the ground and that these items were um, seen to be appropriate to be within the setback. We did discuss that we also have a definition for small structure at the last meeting, and the intent of the small structure definition was that there were certain... Um, small structures such as playhouse or pool <coughs> equipment that were seen to be appropriate to be within a setback, um, but they would have to be no closer than four feet to a property line. So um, that those items included, um, like I said, playhouses, um, pool and lawn equipment, uh, sh small sheds, decks less than 30 inches above finished grade. As long as those items didn't, um, or those items do not exceed 120 square feet, those were considered um, small structures. So um, there was consensus at that time that paver patios and on grade patio, paver patios and on grade patios could be included in the structure definition, and we can uh, cross out decking. So we are crossing that. decking out. Yes. So I thought <coughs> this I was would, your thing. I, think. I, I would argue you could make a deck at grade that was not on a foundation. Hence, That's true. Hence I mean, not being current. I mean, right now you you can include <coughs> um, decks that are less than thirty inches above finished grade. Um, would have to have a four-foot setback under the small structure definition, provided it's not more than 120 square feet, so 10 by 12. Like I don't, I don't advocate building decks with no foundation, but <laughs> I mean, it's it can be done. Yeah, absolutely. Frequently, I mean, those little concrete piers that you put four by four on, frame a deck out, done. They're everywhere. They float. I mean, would you be comfortable seeing decking? I mean, I, I think that 
there might need to be some additional parameters around that, um, if you're okay with it. But um, I mean, right now, walks, driveways, fences, and roads are seen to be appropriate. So that's entirely up to you, and we can propose that to Board of County Commissioners. And one more time, for the benefit of the commissioners, what drove this small change? Um, there are a lot of times when we're reviewing building permits, and you'll see these structures um, within the setback. <coughs> gotcha. And um, and since it's not exclusively excluded in the definition, right. um, we thought it appropriate to have yep. this discussion. Okay. Comments from commissioners? <coughs> I don't have any problem with the I mean, it's it does say on grade patio or decking, um, so it would be on grade. Um, that's up to you. Well, I mean, you know better than I do, but I know we had a deck where we put those little tiny cones underneath, and they were about what four, six inches. They're no high. more than six inches high. Yeah. So I mean, you want to live it to six inches. And something like that. Well, I think it's the that 30 inch that triggers it to becoming something else. A small structure then. Yeah. And then it would be limited to 120 square feet. And it's I I always struggle because I don't do it very often, but then there's a there's also a railing component that kicks in when you reach a certain height. I think it's 30 over 30 30 inches. inches. Yeah. 30 30. And so now the railing's up above, so it's, it's kind of kicks it up into that next category. But again, this is always on grade patio. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not on foundation, on pier. On right. So I'm confused. Are we putting the decking back in? Yeah. I would advocate for leaving it in place. Okay. Any other discussion? So you're in a position to recommend the change? Everybody? Yep. <coughs> Ellen's recommended too. Okay. The next item. Hey, before you go any further, yes. I'm assuming, Paul, if you were going to chime in, you were going to chime in. I'm, well, thank you for having us. Any public comment? I have one item I want to make some comments. Okay. Then we'll save you to the end. Perfect. Thank you. Um, the next item had to do with occupied trailers on construction sites. Um, and to add this into one of our, um, into the land use chart and um, Section 8 standards. Um, right now, it's been a practice where a an occupied trailer is allowed as accessory to um, a building permit for building a home. Um, and, you know, we have felt that this is something that needs to be standard with parameters. Um, you know, generally, when a building permit is issued, we want to ensure that um, proper sanitation um, is being looked after. Um, and there were three standards that staff um, came up with. Um, 
and that would be an occupied trailer uh, on a construction site is intended to be a temporary living in a trailer or RV as accessory to an active building permit. Um, all necessary permits or approvals must be obtained, including but not limited to those from the building department and environmental health department. And last, a maximum stay for the, for the purpose of temporary living for one year shall be allowed. Extensions may be considered on a case-by-case -case basis at the discretion of the building official and planning director. Cool. And um, that came from some of the recommendations from the joint meeting. Yes. So do tiny houses on wheels count? So a tiny home is an RV. Okay. Um, yep. So a tiny home is an RV and it falls under our camping regulations unless it's on a foundation. But it wouldn't be allowed yeah. for, for this situation too. Yeah. Got it. Is there going to be a limit that you guys set for how many can be on for a construction site or anything like that? Or is there per square footage of anything? Because we don't want a shanty either. The practice has been one trailer, um, and that's a good point. That didn't come up at the joint meeting, but that is a standard that could be added in there. Then do yourself a favor. <clears throat> Get rid of the plurals and occupy trailers. Yep, I did that up there. Yeah. Uh, there's two spots where it says trailers. Three spots. Sorry, three. And chart spelled wrong. I raised this issue and I know what the answer is. Mm -hmm. But does the building department? Or does it belong here? At least acknowledge that there may be zoning, there may be covenants and restrictions in individual subdivisions that prohibit this, period. And I guess what I'm trying to do is I can see somebody walking the door, doesn't bother to look at covenants and or restrictions. Mm -hmm. This happens. Goes to the building department, wants to put, pulls a permit building permit and wants a trailer on there and then runs into the wall from the local HOA they go, Ooh, you can't do that and I guess what I'm trying to say is, is it possible to put some sort of a heads up people well we may allow this in county please check subdivision covenants and restrictions I feel that's always the case um, I don't I, I, Caveat. You're even a caveat. I mean, we don't. Well, I'm just trying to save somebody some aggravation. Right. I mean, somebody can. I guess an example would be in Stagecoach, they have a limitation on the size, the minimum size of house you can build. Um, and that's one of their um, covenants. So you could come in for a building permit wanting to build a tiny home on a foundation. And. It goes through their architectural review, and they find out that they can't build that. I don't know if that's the county's responsibility to know everybody's covenants. It's not the county's responsibility. But, it's the um, individuals. Right. But I always thought, uh, some type of a heads up people, one-liner. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can have, um, I mean, I think our intent would be to um, create a handout, like we do with a lot of land okay. uses. Yeah. And Maybe that's something we can add to a right. handout. Um, yep. 
to address or, your concern. What about just adding under A, subject to uh, permission by the local HOA? Yeah, or just where permitted by the HOA. <coughs> where, yeah, there you go. Well, you, yeah. You'd run into that with every other thing that we've discussed. Yeah, right. I mean, it's, just, you know, it's a blanket issue. Patio yeah. is allowed if the HOA allows it. The signs are allowed if the HOA allows it. So, yeah, that's yeah. question. I, I, this one comes up all the time because people we get those questions. Can we put a trailer on site while we're building a house? No, you can't. Mm -hmm. But the county. <laughs> Sorry, no. Sorry. So, was there any thought given to you uh, trying to constrain the location where this trailer can be with respect to setbacks? And if not, I think there should be. Uh, my experience, the county is pretty liberal with granting extensions. We're in a situation where we've got a camper on a property line for going on two years now. Right. You're effectively using it as a permanent dwelling. I think it's reasonable. I think, to I think that would be a, a good well. standard to add. Um, I, trailer media setbacks for for the zoning district or is there a number that you might come I'm just thinking where that could run that's what I would think yeah it's 50 feet yeah it is yeah just whatever setback is so over 30 inches in height, even though it's not big. will that kick in though under B no because that it's a zoning issue yeah and Carl I, I I definitely understand where you're coming from on large acreages of land. I don't see that being too big of an issue. One that I'm thinking of right now is in Peeber. It's three of the original lots, 75 feet wide by 100 feet deep, and they've got 15-foot setbacks. It's going to be tight trying to build a structure in that buildable area if the the trailer is also meeting setbacks so um but i i, I would i would like to try to figure something out that that addresses your concern because yeah. I, I think you do or i know you do have a valid point um and the, the case that alan's speaking of was was the emphasis of you know putting forth um standards yep um and I'm wondering if a setback could go hand in hand with environmental health. Um, I wonder if there's some sort of standard um, from septic. Well, I guess if it's just an RV, that would be, you could dump um, with an RV. Right. And per Alan's point, I have an 18 foot travel trailer. Mm -hmm. I could fit that in a lot of spots. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to have a trailer. doesn't mean you get to have a 50-footer on your site. If it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. So I like I like the discussion about setbacks. I think they're appropriate. And Definitely. You, you, don't, you don't get a guarantee that you get the, the biggest trailer you can fit. You can get what works with your building plan or your construction plan. And the, the leach field setbacks far less, I think, than the setback larger parcels. What was that? The building uh, setback is far greater than the leach field yeah. setback. Um, and that's what I was getting at, but yeah. it doesn't 
Because you can get within five feet, I think. Or I, I think it's a Let's just, five foot separation. Yeah, five foot from, setback. Yeah. Let's just go with whatever the setbacks are in the zone district. If it doesn't work in Peeper, it doesn't work. I mean, that's what I mean, I mean, to Alan's point. Exempt from the right. You were saying whatever the zone is. Why would it be oh. exempt in the first place? It's yeah, over 120 agree. square feet. How can you put it in separate? I think that's a little bit. We're not. They're trying to figure out how to convert it in now. I also wonder under 83C if there shouldn't be some uh, maximum extension or time. So in other words, if it gets extended for a year, that would be two years total. Mm -hmm. But there is no cap on it. You can come back in to ask for a third year or a fourth year and whatever, right? Well, well it would be case-by-case sign-offs. Well, but you've got a crooked building official and a planning director who's on vacation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't understand what would harm if and I don't know the right number. I mean, I'm not a contractor and building big houses, but there's... You know, from our discussions with our building official on this issue, um, you know, there needs to be an active building permit. And, and, and when he was discussing the word active, I mean, they're, they're inspecting the site and they're actively working and, and making strides. It's not like it's just... Valid for a year and therefore it's active. So then, you have a building permit that's no longer active. Okay. So now you're just living in your RV. Well, which, then, which this would not allow. Right. And the building director wouldn't sign off on it because it's accepted. This is something accessory to an active building permit. Yeah. Okay. Issued building permit. And when we had that discussion with the commissioners, it, I thought it was three years for a building permit. Is that right? So it seems like it shouldn't exceed that. Yeah. Uh, but I like it. Leave, no, I would leave it at the one year. <coughs> that keeps it in the it, it keeps in the attention of the building department. No, I understand. But I'm just saying, in no case shall the extensions exceed oh, the, the, yeah, the, the length the of the building the, permit. Yes, and that's where you end up in the situation where someone's just living in the RV. Yeah, I guess it's, it's cool. So, would y'all like to add that statement? I don't think so. I'd leave it at just the way it's written. Okay. I like the one year. I mean, there was discussion about the fact that typically <coughs> in the county, getting a house done in a year is going to happen. Right. But it's okay, really. Well, how about a perspective over the losing some soda? Then we work on it whenever we feel like it. Yeah. That's why there's a one year time is not the same. No, it's fine. Well, and to your point of what you were saying about, I mean, there was just after the last meeting, the planning director was being accused of being vindictive. Yes. So. I heard that. It, yeah, it was a good one. It's not the first time I've heard that either, actually, to be honest with you, in the case of the camping. Yeah. That was also um, spoken. And so the the case by case base and dis, and, and at the discretion bothers me from like a procedural standpoint. I don't understand what the metrics are for case by case. And then if you have someone who says 
they're, they're vindictive and they're not giving it to me, but they gave it to Joe next door, does that bring up, are we creating a situation where someone could sue? I mean, it, it, the chances of it happening are so minuscule, but more people than not that are moving here and doing this have money to do those types of things. I suppose you run that risk in just about anything that you want to do in here, and guess what? Mm-hmm. But it's just that language. <clears throat> I frankly, and I like it because I think it keeps some control on it. Because I think the last thing we want to start having is people putting trailers up on the auspices of their building house, and it takes some. I like the language. I find the language to be too vague, uh, vague and obscure. Just, and again, I, I like literally. I had a fifteen-minute conversation about how Chad vindictive and Alan took money last time to uh, come down on the camping regulations. Alan and Chad were taking money. I mean, these are real things that I have been approached with. <laughs> but do you think that the language change is going to forget that? No. That no, no, but you have a metric to stand on. <laughs> yeah, you were bribed. I told, I told you that after that meeting. That we'll talk. We'll talk afterwards. <laughs> I, I How much? I'm sorry. Paul. <laughs> Sorry? This would be the one item I had to put the comment on it. Whenever you're ready. Okay, thank you. We're ready. Yes, we're ready. I, I do think that we should put that setback length. I agree with Carl and maybe anybody else. I don't know. I think they were, you're doing that, right? I, I didn't uh, think we didn't get specific direction, but. Straw yeah. yes. So my question would be this: though we can't really recommend until we see that language, or can we? You can you can put it up on the screen if you like what you see. You guys can uh, move forward with the recommended language oh, for adoption. Okay. Oh, so you're doing it now? Yep. Temporary occupied trailer, because that's the title of this section. Okay. Yeah, keep it consistent. Yeah. <coughs> Pardon me? <coughs> okay. Carl, does that get out what you were? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. <coughs> it does. There's all now attached to this trailer, so uh, I, I think about and any related <laughs> crap. Uh, <laughs> that can be anywhere, but you know th- that's the gist of it. Rather than me comply with, yeah, it should be complied with. Oh. So we start wordsmithing now. Here you've got capitalized an A, but <laughs> 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 no, it's good. Parents and teachers, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Paul, chime in, please. Um, thank you, Paul Hoffman. Um, while we're doing small typos, um, I I pulled the zoning regulations and. Um, under 8.30 standard uh, for occupied trailers, there's actually an 8.30 standard for camping, extended, private, non-commercial. I think you need that to be 8.31. Okay. 
That, was, yield that is based on the zoning regulations I printed today. Um, regardless, um, that was. Um, so, um, when I first started coming to these, there was a planning commission commissioner who said, at what point are we looking for a solution in search of a problem? Uh, well, I'll, I'll, um, I'll tell you, I stand here as your problem. And this regulation is coming up because of me, specifically. I don't know who's familiar with that or not, um, but I am doing a renovation on my house. And um, I hired a contractor that was a friend of mine's brother, and he came up, and I did go and look at the um, county regulations. I was involved in and sat through all the camping regulation uh, conversations, um, and um, and so I felt I was familiar enough to say, "Hey, bring your trailer up. Let's put it on." My, my lot because I had a residence there and um, camping is an accessory used to a residence and so I invited him up um, I myself never really at that point planned on being in a trailer um, and they were there for a couple of weeks and said Paul if you want to get this done as quickly as you do you need to move out <laughs> so I said oh <laughs> And, um, and life sucked ever since. Uh, a short story, my sister lent me her 30-foot Airstream. Uh, they bought it new. It's in good shape. And um, I put that on my lot. And we went for six or seven months. And uh, we did a major renovation. We It was an old cabin. We furred the walls. We insulated it. We furred the outside, siding, windows, uh, bathrooms, kitchen. Basically rebuilt the whole place. Um, unfortunately, like a lot of other people, uh, November's early weather um, and snow got uglier than um, we were hoping, and so um, I spent the winter in my Airstream. My contractor's trailer froze, and, and he went home. <laughs> um, you know, one thing leads to another. Um, we're here because I don't get along with my neighbor, and um, I felt, and, and I do believe that when you're living in a neighborhood, um, you need to have three tenants, respectful, responsible, and I can't remember what the other one is right now because I'm trying not to get excited about this. <laughs> but I try and live by those, and, um, and we were trying to do all that. Um, this is up here because I got a call from Christy, and we had a conversation. In that conversation, I brought up the camping regulations, and I felt like I was well within my rights on my personal residence to have those campers there. And I was trying to do something um, because uh, labor was difficult to come by and is expensive. And I was able to get somebody uh, to come up that had a reasonable cost associated with it, but I needed to figure out a housing situation. Um, had, it, had I had a better relationship for my neighbor, you wouldn't be looking at this, and I wouldn't have to be telling you the story. Um, so there was a complaint. We had a conversation. Um, my frustration is I, I, in that conversation, I had a conversation, and I, I laid out what camping was all about and what the regulations were and what I believe they were and 
um, that what I was doing was an accessory use to my property. Um, I was told at one point that they weren't quite sure that that was my residence. I don't know, but that's where I've been living since 2010. And uh, the fact that I was renovating, I was trying to do the best I could. I was also told they weren't sure I was camping. It's a 30-foot airstream. Um, you know, we were responsible. We came up with a plan to properly dispose of the waste that we needed to, and we did all the things that we needed to do. Labor Day, um, my contractor's brother came up and had a trailer. A couple other members of the family were up. We had a three-day picnic in the background. Everybody went home except the contractor and myself, and we stayed in the trailers and we've been working. Um, I think you can argue here that the health, safety, and welfare of the county, um, I, I, personally, I think it's a bit of an overreach. Um, I, there are ways, Carl, if you have somebody staying out there, the camping regulations clearly state that if there's not a principal residence, it's against the regulation. And it can't be more than whatever it is, 180 days. So there should be a way to get rid of that stuff. Um, I take this personally because I looked at my property covenants. I know the county regulations. What was what was brought to me as a violation and the fact that this wasn't my residence, that I wasn't camping and hearing all that stuff, to me, if I didn't know what I knew, I think that's insulting to the public and that's inappropriate behavior by the planning department. So. Um, there are situations where it's appropriate and can be done appropriately, reasonably, responsibly, and respectfully. And I believe I have tried and executed that. And so you are looking at this because of a problem between neighbors. And I think this needs to be looked at very carefully because there's some stuff in here that um, I don't think has been considered very closely. I don't quite understand where in our regulations, although I did see something for workforce housing, where in our regulations it says that you can camp on a vacant lot when you're building a house. I don't know where you, it says you can do that or where the permit is that you can get for that. So that may be something that I need to be corrected on, okay? But as far as I know, what I'm trying to do was appropriate. And I am, um, I have questions. If, if I have a building permit and my kids want to camp in the backyard and nobody else is camping there and I don't have a trailer out there, are my kids, do I have to get a, a minor use permit for my kids to camp in the backyard? That's part of the camping regulation conversation that we have. But just because I have a building permit, by definition, a temporary living situation is a tent in the backyard. We don't have a temporary living definition in here. We have workforce housing definition in here. So I don't understand how that would apply. I don't understand how somebody who has a vacant lot could put a trailer up 
and live in that trailer while they build their house because that's against the camping regulations. But didn't we just clean that up? Um, no. I mean, I'm not aware of your situation. So well, I, I, I just I just tried to describe it. I was told the camping was only allowed in the AF zone district. And part of the conversation in the camping regulations was that was true, but if you had a primary residence, camping was considered an accessory use. And that stopped the rest of that conversation because it wasn't going to stop somebody who had a house from camping on their property. And I believe that's how... I got to where I am with the camping situation that I'm in. So what I'm asking you to consider here, assuming that you're going forward with this, is how does somebody get treated that has a building permit and wants his kid to be able to camp in the backyard and it has nothing to do with himself camping there for a period of time because they can't stay in the house or they choose not to stay in the house? How does this create something new that permits us to put somebody, somebody in a living situation that we would not permit before? Because I don't know where you can get, again, I haven't been through the 200 pages of zoning regulations, but I don't know how you can put temporary housing on a lot that you're building that's not camping and qualifies under the regulations. And then, uh, I won't go on, but the other thing I think related to the one year, I've been in my trailer since May or June last year. Not a whole lot of fun. Um, but if it's one year, and the minutes from the last meeting said it started when you got your permit for the building, well, that doesn't make any sense to me, and how is that going to affect me? Now, I want to be out of that damn thing as quick as I can get out of it. But it's not going to be for another month or so, because i got a couple things to do, and the snow's causing me some problems before I can make that happen. So I think if you're going to do this, the time period should run concurrent to the building permit. Any extensions would have to be granted at the point that the building permit itself is extended. I think that would be an appropriate place to do this or that it's a period of time from the, it would last from the time you pull the permit until the end of the original building permit and then an extension. And one of the reasons I'm concerned about that is under a minor use permit, you have to pay for extensions. So it costs you 100 bucks, and then when you get an extension, you have to pay another 50 if I read that right, because you have to re-up your permit. Well, why not? I only pay for a building permit one time. Why not have it run concurrent with any extensions would have to be also done with an extension on a building permit, because then you know what actually is going to happen. As far as number of trailers there, you know, I had I had another guy come up, work for a week, and left. He brought a trailer. It was easy, quick. I have enough property to make it happen. And um, yes, we don't want shanty towns. I absolutely agree with that. But by the same token, um, you know, I was approached about moving out because I was told, "Oh, you can make it happen real quick if you do that." Well, 
Don't ask me what happened, but it didn't happen as quick as I wanted. I was hoping this was going to be done in three or four months. I'm coming up on a year. I know people who build a house in a year. So how we get here, I don't know. How I got here, I'm not happy about. But seeing something like that, I take personally because I know my story and uh, I heard something about being vindictive. I wasn't at that meeting. What that story is or what that vindictiveness is, I don't really know. But I don't know that this is um, something that is um, really necessary um, because of other things we have going on in the code. And um, um, I appreciate you listening to me. Thank you. Okay. Just a comment. Uh -oh. It was my understanding and impression that Sharita was geared towards, and I, that's what, I had no idea you had an issue. So, it had, my it had was it really had nothing to do with that. It had everything to do with brand new construction. And I have an issue. Yeah. <clears throat> a building permit in this county is good for three years. And I guess the last thing I would want to see is someone pulls a permit, a building permit, parks his trailer, and doesn't dig a herb, a powder. It sits in this trailer for three years. That's why I think that one year needs to be in the station. Why would you even want them there for a year if they're not digging or doing any active construction? Well, there's a presumption that there is some honesty from the guy that's pulling the permit. I mean, I can't control the guy that walks in and pulls the permit with a full intent of doing absolutely nothing other than he pulled the permit so I can put the trailer out here. I'm going to build a house. No, he's not going to build a house. He just looks perfect there. But there's no activity on the permit, and that... That's the one year. Yeah, right. I guess I. I, I, I think it's just active in there. Uh, I thought it was the first. Yeah. Active. At, on, active under A. Building permit. Active building permit. So an active on building A. Permit. Right. So I think it's actually so it's the active. And that, you have your case to get them off of that property. No, an active I'd like it to happen quickly. <laughs> an active building permit's three years. I know that. Yeah, so know. that doesn't mean there's construction activity. It means the permit's active. That's why that one year they just <laughs> gives us the opportunity to review. Right, you and can that file anything. Why C was put in there for living up to one year and then extensions considered case by case. That's where I that's where I have a problem. So it starts when I pull my permit, which was in uh, May or whatever last year. Yes. Or I pulled my demo demo permit. So now I'm at the year. What am I supposed to do? No, it's a building permit. It's a building, building permit. permit. We're not talking about demo permits. Well, if you look at the minutes. Chad's comments were that the building, the, the permit would start when the building permits were pulled. That was my understanding of the minutes from the last meeting. When does this one year period start? That's my question. Because if you're going to make me spend $100 because I need to be in my trailer for another 30 or 60 days, then. Am I getting an extended permit? Am I exempt from the permit? Because I really had it there under what I considered the old regulations and not this new regulation. And believe me, I want to get out of there. Spend a year in a 30-foot airstream. You know, the uh, mice are getting real active right now. I built a house so I don't have mice. Staff, comments? Yes. Um, for some clarification based on Paul's comments. This wasn't brought to you, this had nothing to do with Paul's case. Um, I'm sure you're all aware of 
the case next to Carl, um, and then we mentioned the Peabird case, um, which is why we decided to move forward with um, some standards for an occupied trailer <clears throat> that is associated with an active building permit. Um, Paul's case, we received a complaint by his neighbor that he was camping, and it was a really simple review for staff because he had an active building permit, and we closed out the case that he was not camping. So at that time, we didn't have any standards, and we processed and handled his application just like everyone else as far as it being you know, part of an active building permit. Um, that case hasn't been looked at again. We haven't even heard from his neighbor since that time, since we closed that out in September. Um, this actually would help somebody in his situation um, that if we did get a call from somebody, it'd be really simple. He had a permit as part of an active building permit. And we're just really trying to clarify processes here. Um, there is a difference between camping. What Paul was doing was not camping. Um, he was living in, in a trailer as part of an active building permit. There was no issue there. Um, and then these regulations, um, we took note of some of your comments um, with respect to number of trailers, if you want to limit that number. Um, and then also um, setbacks, we added D um, in there, and then we changed the number for 8.31 to go after extended camping. So, yes? Um, would this preclude uh, his son from bringing up a trailer and camping for the weekend? A separate trailer? No, I don't think so. No. This is this is yeah, living. Right. This is actually a this is living, living in, in a trailer. A trailer. Yeah. If his son brought a camper up for the weekend, we would consider that camping as accessory to the residential use of the right. property. And With when we went through our nine. camping regulations, yeah. you know that was discussed that you know the camping reg regulations weren't designed to prevent your kids from popping a tent in the backyard. You know, for for the night, that's not temporary living, and that's what camping the camping regulations say. That's considered <clears throat> accessory to your primary residence. And and so, Paul and I did go back and forth about this, um, and you know, he felt that regardless um, of us allowing him to live there, and that he wasn't doing anything wrong, that he still wanted to be able to camp, but he wasn't camping. But it didn't prevent him from having bringing, you know, popping a tent up in his backyard. You can do that. So would this there. preclude his contractor, his sub, from coming up and, and camping for a week while they did roofing, something like that? And then he goes away. So as so, of right now, there's no, there's no, no standard written down. There's no policy. The practice has been to allow one trailer. As accessory, and that's why you know we feel strongly that you know coming up with specific standards and having that conversation now, we can be clear on that. But it's 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 confusing to me. I haven't read the camping standard, mm -hmm. so forgive me. But it would seem like you could have an occupied occupied airstream that the right. owner was living in, 
and you could also have a trailer that somebody pulls up for a weekend under the camping regs mm-hmm. and it would still be legal. As as yes. accessory, yes. It just sounds like your issues are other than the year taken care of. Yeah, I don't think eight three one will preclude eight two nine or eight three zero. That's what we were just kind of looking at that on the screen and you have options under the camping regulations exactly for that because someone can come and camp on your property for the prescribed amount of time and do window and trim work inside the house. Well, camping camping is only allowed in the AF zone district. So the camping regulations in and of themselves do not apply to anybody who has a principal residence on a piece of property. Period. Because... It's an accessory use, okay? You can say I'm living in it, but you know what? I just turned 60, and I know what camping looks like, and I'm camping, okay? And I think it's hard to say, oh, you're not camping, you're living there. Well, you know, when you go to a campground and you stay in a trailer, you're living in that campground. You're camping. Yeah, we're like it. It's semantics at that point. Um, unless that has any more comments, it seems to be the we need to move forward on this. Mr. Chair. Sure. I, I do have three things that I think might help the regulation if you don't mind. Okay. One would be um, clarifying under this that, that one trailer is allowed unless more are approved by the building department. Um, I do agree that the, there should be some clarification as to when the one year starts. And my suggestion would be that the clock starts ticking upon the issuance of the building permit. So maintaining this, this temporary living for one year, but that one year clock starts ticking upon the issuance of the building permit. Um, I also do think that, that things can happen. Right, the snow flies, whatever the case may be. And I do think it could work a hardship upon various individuals to continue having to pay fees uh, while they are actively building. So in the event that an applicant needs an extension, I do think that fees should be waived so long as the building department agrees that there's active building occurring on the property. Commissioners, comments? So what if that was, yeah, how are you going to address the whole concept of multiple traders and... He laid it back in the building department. A construction plan? Well, I mean, I'm just, it's a question. I don't know. I mean, it sounds like one trader is acceptable, the construction guy lives in. But if you start adding, how are they going to comply with environmental health? Well, well, they don't because they carry their own. So B right here. Well, then I guess you could, you'd have to add that provision also that it's got to be all self-contained and all due to this multiple site, and not just empty it out on your yard. And well, sub sub B I think hmm? takes care sub, of it. Yeah. Sub B. B, sub B is in Bravo. Building department, environmental health department rules. Hmm. Uh, uh, just a side note, Alan, is the permit for the trailer separate? Yes. Yes. 
So it's actually issued. A, it's a minor use permit. But it's actually a permit for that trailer. Uh, currently, no. No, no, but, but it would be under yes, the circumstances. Yes. So I walk in the door, yep. and I get a building permit. Yes. Can I walk in the door six months later and say, hey, I started the building, and the way things are going, I think I want to move my trailer so I can on hand supervise what's going on. You can be permit that day, effective for that period. See what I'm asking? That. Well, I'm establishing a different permit date as opposed to the building right. permit date. I see what you're saying. That's what I was trying to do. If that's, I don't I'm not saying that's what we want to do. I'm just wondering if that was contemplated. And probably not. But. I understand the ease of linking it to the issuance of the permit as far as when the clock starts ticking, but the reality of what we are talking about, a permit is active for three years versus the intention that this is like when you stick a shovel in the ground, your time starts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they wouldn't. With the proverbial shovel. But they wouldn't need a trailer if they're not putting the shovel in the ground. So, and, and that's my and that's kind of my point is that if they had well no the point was is that if they had an active building permit for three years because it is just active building permit they could come on year one and drop a trailer down because we it, even though we're talking about building activity it's not spelled out as build, building activity in here it's active building permit which is different that's what Brian was saying that's a totally different animal and I'm trying to link it to yeah right. And that me too. That's what that was my point. So what would you what would you suggest then? I think the long it starts with building permit. You wait six months to put the trailer on. And I'm not penalized. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That, well, that if piece. you're saying a year from when you pull the permit, but if exactly. you put the trailer on for six months, yeah. if you only get six months. Then you only have six months. Before you have to do something. But, but it's, they, it's, a you, non, it's a non-issue if the fees are waived. Then the time doesn't matter. The permit's valid for three years. If the fees are waived, it's a non-issue. And if someone complained, and they're just sitting there and just waiting until someone complained, oh, all right, now I'll do that. They just extended that for X amount of time and until someone realizes and gets fed up. Else it. Pays it. And so now at least there's some time period before that someone doesn't have to complain or anything like that for that permit to start going. The fee would be waived if there's active building taking place. Not you've got to have a permit. permit to begin with. Pardon? Say that everything's on the up and up, and you you get the building permit, and then you want your trailer permit. Well, you, you pay for that trailer permit when you get it. Mm -hmm. So then you're saying six months, you're into it, and you're waiving a fee? Well, I don't know. So let's say on January 1st, you get your building permit. Uh, you're not going to start building until May. Well, presumably, you would wait until May to get your trailer permit because you don't need your trailer. You're not going to put it in the snow, right? You get your trailer permit. What you pay for. What you pay for. Okay. And then all of a sudden, November rolls around. You're still building. It's taking longer than you thought it would take to build. Go to the planning department. Hey, guys. I was building until November. Here's uh, the scenario. I, I didn't get it finished. Uh, you know, I, I, I can show you, you can chat with my contractor, whatever the case may be. We're working on it, right? But I'm going to need the permit for another season, another year, whatever the case may be, until the, the following May. In that instance where the building department and the planning department see that there's active building taking place, 
that fee would be waived. They've already paid for it. It's a yeah, it's only, it's, but it's good for one year. Yeah. Right, but yeah. They're, they're not paying the water for time. like multiple times while active building is going on. So it's a one-time fee as long as there's an active building for them. No, provided that there's active building taking place. Brent? What about the case, and Paul mentioned this, and then we encountered a, I mentioned our personal situation back in 2005-2006, that we simply took off the winter because we didn't feel we could effectively build. And it's not active for those four or five months during the worst part of the winter. Yet once April rolls around, you fire it back up again. But if you inspect it in December, that is not an active building site. You haven't done anything in a few weeks. Well, uh, that's actually, yeah. I, have, I have my revenue inspections. The next time I see those guys, they're on vinyl. I, I haven't seen anybody from the building department since I can't tell you one last year. I mean, we put, we, they, did, they did all the roughing stuff. We put the drywall up. We were trimming and, you know, all that kind of thing. But I haven't seen anybody from the building department six months maybe Gee. I don't know and, and and I am actively building okay it's not like we haven't been doing anything commissioners where you're headed we want to give this back to staff for a little bit more consideration either that or zero in on what is written and say does that help now or chase all these things we chase I don't know yeah this seems a little trickier first blush yeah Mr. Attorney Jeff? I, I think it should be sent back. Where are you guys? What do you think? I mean, I... Staff? Sorry. <laughs> what do we think? Yeah. Um, we can certainly um, take the comments and we could um, bring this back. We could uh, <clears throat> bring it to the county commissioners, see if they have any thoughts, and then bring it back. I think we're struggling. I don't. I think we all know he's struggling with some time periods. Well, I think in general, it seems to me A through D makes some sense. Yes, now you can talk. I, I don't understand why the um, timing of the trailer permit has to coincide with the building permit. Building permit is for three years. The trailer permit is for one year. So if you start to build and then six months later you decide you want to put your trailer on there, you need a permit for that. And you go and you get your one-year permit. I mean, what, why, why would you decide that, okay, there hasn't been a trailer there for six months, but by God, you've already used up six months of your one-year permit? There's, there's no reasons when it ends, not when it begins. Yeah, I just think it will be harder to regulate in that term. Just because if they've been building or have a permit or something like that, they sit around, nobody complains or anything like that. What's their... You know, reason if they just don't want to break ground or anything like that, and still have a, bur a building permit for three years, they, they're just buying more time in that regard. If you just stick it with no, that. once the trailer's on there, there has to be active building. That's the condition of the trailer. That isn't though. The yeah. irony, the whole thing is, you're not going to do anything until someone like yeah. That's the, the irony of everything. The only metric we're going by right now is active building permit. Nowhere does it say. Active build construction activity. There you go. Those are different. Those are two yeah. different things, and that's what we were just kind of talking about earlier. And so that's why we're back to the one-year review. Yeah. And I, I don't care when the 
clock starts ticking on the trailer. It just seems to be that it would be easiest from a calendaring perspective mm -hmm. that you have one date that you're paying attention to rather than multiple. But the one one date for the building permit is three years out, not one year out. No, but, but every every year on that anniversary, somebody comes in and says, "This is what's going on. I need it or I don't." Hey, <laughs> Troy, say what you're going to say. When you look at what was typed up, it, it's very simple. I mean that that doesn't contain a whole lot of all these fingers, and I I think. Staff is coming at this from a position that helps them help the public sooner than later. And if this simplified A, B, and C helps staff provide a little bit of definition and reinforces your policy or your practice, all these other fingers become fingers and issues not to be discounted but all we've been doing for 45 minutes is kicking around the what ifs. And so I think there's two choices. Send it back to staff to answer all of those questions that you have, or look at what was simply written in A2C and, and, and try to make it better now. My, my, my take with the snow still being on the ground, that it's, we've still got time to do it. So I, I would still suggest sending it back. That would be my take on it. We'll make this real simple. <clears throat> Back to staff or run with A through D? Uh, run with it A through D. Andy? Run with it A through D, possibly adding to a accessory to an active building permit with construction, construction activity. Mm -hmm. And I, I, since we have the ability, well, then I would probably leave it at that because we have, we'll add it, but then leave everything else because we have the ability to come back and add time frames to this. I'm just going to say, written in stone. my thoughts would be, once you run the way it is, and if we don't like what we're doing, we'll change it again. You change it again if the problem arises. But I would, yes. I would add construction activity because... I believe construction activity has been the majority of the, discuss the discussion. I totally agree with you, but that's where the one year kicks in. I appreciate the, the work, and I think it's a good start, but get it right the first time, and bring it back. It's my take. Uh, back to staff. Carl? Uh, it's a little more complicated than it seems. I, I think it's got to go back for a little fuller consideration. Bill? Back to staff. Who? Troy? Staff. I'd say staff. I mean, you can talk about construction activity, but what's the definition of that? Sure. I mean, I think there's, add that, it's going to take some. Staff, and I agree with Jeff's comment about the uh, waiving fees for trailer extension for his active construction. Oh, we're out of because I just said let it run. Let's go. Go next Okay, so I just want to be clear on everything that y'all are saying. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Do you want to read it back to him just to make sure you got everything? Yes. Um. So, apart from the typos. Um, 
and the numbering. Um, a, we're gonna we're gonna look into adding language to beef up active building permit, possibly construction activity. Uh, we'll look into that. Um, we're gonna look into waiving of fees um, on extensions during during the extension. So with respect to C. Um, and then we're going to look at the time frame um, of when a building permit is pulled or when it, when the clock starts ticking. Um, we're going to look into setbacks as a standard. Um, and we're also going to look into um, a limit on the number of trailers. Yes. That was good. Yeah, that was good. Is there anything else? I mean, I think you got them. Yeah. <coughs> okay. Thank you. Um, okay. The last item. I really hope nobody has any comments on this one. <laughs> is a small typo that was found in the attorney opinion. That's up on the screen. Which said issues, and it should say issued. So I'd Which like to me. start off by... <laughs> Don't hit me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so then you have a recommendation on three out of four, am I thinking correctly? Uh, we have a recommendation on one. Four out of four five. Four to five. Which one did I miss? The, the fifth one was the sign. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you Do you? Sorry. Yes. Sure. Yes. Do we need a motion on a Yes. We do. So I need a motion on a that we are recommending four out of five changes that we have discussed. Mr. Chair. So moved. Thank you, Bill. Second. Might there be a second? Who is that? Brian Kelly. Any discussion on the motion? All those in favor can be signified by saying yes. 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 Opposed saying no. Chair votes yes. Done. Who was the second? Uh, Brian. Brian. Okay. Okay. Is um, there an administrator's report? Yes. Administrator. Um, since our last meeting, one of the items that you've seen, which was Allen's, went to Board of County Commissioners, the tiny home development. As I'm sure you all read in the paper, <laughs> that got approved. Um, and then our next scheduled meeting is on the 18th. We have two items scheduled for that night. One is an amendment to a conditional use permit for the cell tower down in Taponis. Um, the other item that is scheduled is an update and organizational uh, organizational discussion on the master plan. So it's a little piggyback off of the joint meeting discussion. Um, <coughs> uh, May 2nd, there is an item scheduled, um, is that yours, Mill Creek Ranch, an, SU uh, an SUP, um, special use permit. And then May 16th, um, some of you might remember Young's Peak Preserve 
Um, they are finally coming back with their preliminary class subdivision. Um, some of you had seen and approved their sketch approval. It's for an eight lot subdivision and a change of zone from high de density residential to MRE. Um, so that got put on hold for quite some time, uh, trying to address some water issues with the Division of Water Resources, and um, that has all been sorted out. So that will be scheduled on May 16th. The tiny homes comes back for that in its next step, does it not? Yes. It does. Yeah. Yeah. You'll be seeing that Because again. we just did a That sketch. was just conceptual. That was just sketch. Mm -hmm. So they went along with your recommendation. Um, and I think that's all. Uh, on the May 16th, there also might be the... Uh, the Ed Wunsch subdivision, preliminary subdivision, that was the one on uh, Deerfoot Heights, right. Woods Drive, overlooks Strawberry Park School. Two lots. Uh, lot. Two lots. Two lots. Two lots. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's it. All right. Do we do an motion to adjourn? <laughs> Thank you, Brian. Second. Thank you. Can we have a discussion? No, no. <laughs> 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 no. Oh,